Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Nittany Lions Sports Report. Yes, it's been a long eight-plus months since college football has graced our television screens, and those of you that go to games in person since you've been able to see the pageantry of everything that is college football. And that is where we come back to speak to you all here tonight as we lead into what is uh, week one of the, the, the greatest sport in 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 what we have to offer uh and bob long and tyler gellhouse back for another great year of the nittany Lions sports report we're going to break down penn state football talk about the season the upcoming schedule some key personnel decisions we're going to get you ready for thursday evening on fox as penn state travels to west lafayette to take on the boilermakers we'll talk some uh some national college football news as well a lot of good stuff going on. Tyler, great to have you. Great to have you back on the show. And I am sure you're just as ecstatic as, uh, as a lot of these fans are for Penn State football to return. Yeah, you know what, Bob? I, I'm excited for the return of college football, as you mentioned, the greatest sport. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. The last two seasons have been, you know, haven't quite met expectations. In fact, have fall dramatically short. Obviously, 2020, but let's all forget about that COVID season that was and the pandemic for once and for all. Uh, 2021, you know, things were looking good for Penn State um, until they went to Iowa. Sean Clifford got hurt. P.J. Musfer got hurt. They just weren't the same team after that. Um, you know, after the Iowa game, well, including the Iowa game, it was 2-6 and six after the 5-0 uh, the and o start. So, um it's going to be important that Penn State gets off to another good start this year. Um, much like last year, Bob, as you know, they jump right into it with a uh, road Big Ten game. Uh, obviously, last year was Wisconsin, this year's Purdue. And then, again, you have an Auburn team in week three, this time down on the plains in Auburn, Alabama. So um, you got to start off hot again because it's, it's another tough schedule, uh, a tough October. But you got to get through September before you get to October. And to right-size some things that have happened in the months leading up to this and, and really tail end of last season, a couple of big things. James Franklin inks a new contract with Penn State in that stipulation that there will be more funds for assistant coaches, uh, more funds for NIL, and an increased commitment to facilities. That was met with uh, a bit of lukewarm and, and maybe some folks that weren't as thrilled about that contract. But what happened was... We saw Manny Diaz be hired as the new defensive coordinator shortly after Brent Pry took the head job at Virginia Tech. And so the staff augmentation was something that I think was pretty effective in the offseason. Uh, on the NIL side, no doubt Sean Clifford saw that as a nice opportunity to return, using his ability to leverage NIL in a way that it actually makes not just having a great sixth year on campus, maybe a bit more fun, but also a better financial opportunity for him likely than whatever would have been his prospects late in the NFL draft or to be signed as a free agent. So he is back for a sixth year. They inked a phenomenal class in December and the rest of it in, in February. Uh, two great quarterbacks, Bo Pribula and Drew Aller. Drew Aller, the number one rated quarterback in that class. Nick Singleton the Gatorade National Player of the Year. He won a Maxwell Football Club Award for the National High School Player of the Year as well in March. Katron Allen from IMG Academy joins him as freshman in the backfield. And 
you know, many, many others. Uh, we talked a lot about Abdul Carter from LaSalle College High School, given our Bob Long sports connection there. He's wearing number 11 and will likely get some time at the linebacker position. So tell me if we missed any major key. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, of course, uh, uh, AD replacement, Sandy yeah. Barber, is gone. And, yeah, there's uh, – at Kraft is in um, from Boston College, former Temple AD with Matt Rule. Um you know, I want to touch on the defense a little bit um, with two other names that you didn't mention. And I know there's a lot of names, but look for Zane Durant and deny Dennis Sutton on the D-line also yep. to make some noise this year. So there are a lot of fresh faces on and off the field for Penn State, as you just mentioned. And um, I, personally, it's I got so used to Brent Pry because he was there. You know, the offensive coordinators changed almost every year, it seemed like, or every two years. There was not a lot of continuity at that position for for calling plays on offense. Um, Brent Pry was with James Franklin up until this year at Penn State, even even going back to his days at Vanderbilt. And um, I'm excited to see what Manny Diaz has to offer. Uh, we, we all know about the turnover chain that was down at Miami under Manny Diaz. Now, the turnover chain is not making a, um, a trip with Manny up to State College. Uh, I'm not sure what they'll do, if anything. Um, if they can just create a ton of turnovers, that's fine by, by me. I don't need a chain. I don't need anything. Just turnovers would be great. Um, but I'm excited, and I keep like forgetting that we have Manny Diaz, who's one of the great defensive minds in all of college football. Um, calling our plays on defense and I'm excited. Uh, I, I, you know, listen, I love Brent Pry, um, phenomenal coach, um, great, great football mind, but I'm looking forward to fresh ideas, uh, fresh concepts, um, more of an attacking aggressive defense, uh, which I think will be great to watch here. You know, when we talk about James Franklin a lot and being a great CEO of the program, but I do not want to understate how important it is to have not only Manny Diaz for those X's and O's, but granted it didn't go great at the university of Miami. He was fired after three years, but that's big time head coaching experience at the highest level. And to have another mind with James Franklin in the building that understands what that experience is like. I do think that helps the program. I do think the players have rallied around Manny Diaz's system. And there seems to be a lot of excitement for using some of that personnel that they have had in past years. A lot of these guys are Brent prize guys as well. Right. So taking the blueprint that Brent Pry had and putting the Manny Diaz spices to it. I think it has a chance to be a, a great defense. And I'll tell you this as well. It better be for Penn state football fans sake, because as you mentioned, a tremendously difficult game on Thursday night in West Lafayette, and then traveling down to Jordan-Hare Stadium in Auburn for week number three. Yeah, defense has to travel, right? So, uh, you know, right out of the gate, they're going to be going against a, a team that likes to sling it around the yard in Purdue. And then, as you mentioned, Jordan-Hare down at Auburn week three, a team that's going to want to pound the rock with Tank Bigsby and and Hunter. So um, you're going to have two totally different ends of the spectrum. And, um, you know, I, I think that Penn State matches up, you know, We'll get into matching up later, but uh, their secondary should be really good as, as along with the line. It's funny. The weak spot or the question mark, if you will, on defense right now is the linebackers 
and um and the depth there at at that position but um you know M- M- Manny Diaz is a linebacker coach as well so we'll see how they come along here in the early goings of the season as well well it seems to be naturally where the conversation is drifting so let's just hit that topic right defense uh there have been a lot of key departures from last year's team defensive linemen the line linebackers as you mentioned a couple in the secondary Tyler your thoughts on the defense what are the keys for you and who are those key personnel that for folks that haven't thought about Penn State football as in-depth as they might otherwise have last November or December what numbers are they looking out for who are they looking to see and who's a key contributor yeah I'm gonna start I'm gonna start with the defensive line because I, I really believe that offense and defense it all starts with your lines and um as we move over to the offense later, we all know what the offensive line has been. Uh, but with the defensive line, the defensive line that you saw in the Outback Bowl um, is not even close to the defensive line you're going to be seeing, um, you know, come Thursday night. Uh, a lot of fresh faces, especially, um, put it this way, there could be four starters on the defensive line on Thursday that were not starters at the end of last season. Adisa Isaac at an end position, lost for the year last year with an Achilles injury. P.J. Mustafer at tackle went out with a knee against Iowa. Hakeem Beeman was suspended for the whole 2021 season. He's likely slated to start opposite um, Mustafer at tackle. And then Chop Robinson, a former five-star transfer from University of Maryland, sophomore eligibility, could be the starter opposite of Adisa Isaac. So there's four guys right there that weren't even playing at the end of last year that could all be starting come Thursday. Now, I do believe that Nick Tarburton, who was starting at the end of last season, will remain the starter uh, at the one-end position. Um, Franklin said that, you know, Chop Robinson's going to play starter minutes, um, starter snaps, if you will. Um, whether or not he starts, that you know, kind of like Jesse Lucetta, I guess you could say last year. But, you know, the, the, the defensive line, they're going to need to get good push um, no matter who they play, especially at the ends. Um, and I think they have that capability. And um, I think um, a guy I mentioned earlier, a true freshman is going to see a lot of time. Denied Dennis Sutton, a five-star recruit. Um, he fits. He fits the bill for being physically ready to play contribute it's something it's something in the water down there as well because pj mustafer also from mcdonough school yeah Baltimore, just jacobs. like denied dennis sutton and I, I think i think curtis jacobs is as well if i'm not mistaken is that right it could be it, um, i could be totally wrong on that i know he's i a, thought i thought ellie's potentially ellie's ellie's is from from there as well um and i could be wrong on um curtis jacobs but Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing with well, I was I'm gonna move over to the defensive tackle, Mustafer and Beeman as your starters, and then backing them up, you got a ton, you pretty much go six deep. Behind them, you have Devon Ellis, Zane Durant, a true freshman who they love, um, Kaziah Izzard, who played a ton of football last year, Jordan Vandenberg, um, played a little bit here and there last year, so they're gonna go six deep. So uh, the defensive line did a total transformation over the offseason with guys that they got um, through recruiting, the transfer portal, um, back from injury or suspension. And 
it could honestly end up being being the strength of of the defense. Um, and I think that's that's huge because you got to win these games in the trenches, and you're going against some really really good uh, run teams. You know, Ohio State, Auburn, Michigan, um, and they have great lines. So you got to be able to combat that with a great defensive line, and I think they have. That. And then you get into the linebacker side. Certainly some uh, some some losses there, but. Curtis Jacobs, you mentioned him already. He is back. Jonathan Sutherland, he is uh, he's converted from a couple of positions now, but he's a full time linebacker. He's put on some additional weight, uh, and then Tyler Elson and and Kobe King, two guys that will rotate in and out. And if I saw correctly, Tyler Tyler Elson is going to get starting the starting role at linebacker with Kobe King uh, filling in at multiple positions not just spelling elsden but you know as needed he can move around in certain formations and schemes yeah um and, and honestly that the the linebacker group i mean they're definitely the biggest question mark on the defense curtis jacobs is a stud um you know i think we saw glimpses of that last year hopefully he can take it to the next level um jonathan sutherland the converted safeties you mentioned playing the sam position um you know a lot of people have their opinions on on him. Uh, a six year guy, team captain for the fourth straight year uh, with Clifford. He's been around forever. Um, and then you know a new guy in the middle. Whether it's going to be Elsden or King for the majority of the season, Elsden's getting the first reps. I think what's interesting though is I don't think you're going to really see all three of them on the field a lot together. I think you're going to see a lot of four two five with the nickel with Daquan Daquan Hardy in that nickel position. For instance, I think you're going to see it a lot on Thursday against Purdue, a team that likes to pass, um, opposed to a team like Auburn who wants to run it. I think you're going to see a lot of nickel, which is good because I think it benefits the Penn State defense. But um, the linebacker group certainly is the biggest question mark. Now there's a lot of young talent that they really like at the position, including Abdul Carter from LaSalle, as you mentioned earlier. Um, I expect him to play a lot this year. He's probably not redshirting. Another name, another linebacker from Philadelphia, actually, is Keon Wiley. Um, I don't know if he's as ready to play as Abdul is, uh, but they like what they're seeing from him. So at least they're building up, building some depth right now for these younger guys. Yeah, and on the Abdul side, uh, very excited for him. Hopeful that he, he does very well and, and represents LaSalle well at the next level. Keon Wiley, for our Philadelphia listeners, by way of Imhotep, had a tremendous career at Imhotep and lined up alongside Eni White for the years he was there. Tremendous talent, and uh, and both of those guys proven to be coachable at the next level, which is great news for and a testament to those individuals and, and the coaching staff for being able to ingrain them into the system, bring them up to speed quickly. Because if I remember correctly, Tyler, neither of those guys were uh, early enrollees. Um, you, I think, are right. I know, I know Abdul Carter was not, and I don't no. think that Wiley was either. I think, I don't think he was either, but I, I could be mistaken, but that, that sounds about right, Bob. Yeah. So there you go. The linebacker position, more questions, right? You know, when you talk about, uh, well, depth and, and things like right. that, not you, your, your linebacker, you that you're used to, but I mean, if we can be honest, I mean, 
the position, it's not like it's been that great these last couple of years either. I mean, you know, Brandon Smith was a five-star recruit, um, and he just kind of didn't live up to the hype at Penn State. Um, phenomenal talent. All the athleticism in the world. He's now at the Carolina Panthers, and I hope he does great in the NFL. Um, and, you know, we got screwed on Micah Parsons. I mean, we only saw him for two years. Um, but, you know, his last game was 2019, along with Journey Brown in the Cotton Bowl. I mean, who would have thought um, for both of those guys the way that ended for different reasons? Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, here, you know, Penn State linebacker, you, um, you know, these Manny Diaz, I think, said it a couple weeks ago. And I'll paraphrase. He was like pretty much telling these guys to take it personally that they're linebacker, you, and people are questioning them. You know, and, and that they're like the quote unquote weak part of the defense, the biggest question mark. And, you know, take that as a challenge because you don't come to Penn State for that reason to play linebacker and, and be the question. Working our way into the secondary. Uh, more experience in that group now. Some some guys that have been there for quite a few years. Your thoughts on on that grouping and that room? Sure. Um, you know, on, on paper, the big loss is Jaquan Brisker. Um, he had a phenomenal year last year. Um, the good news is that is their only – well, I'm sorry. And Tariq Castro-Fields, who was drafted, I believe, in the sixth round by the Niners. Um, he had a he had a very nice career with Penn State. Uh, but you lose, you lose two guys, but you also bring back a ton of guys. We'll start with Joey Porter, Jr., um, this will likely be his last year as he's popped up on numerous mock drafts first round. Um, yes, he is the son of Joey Porter Sr., former NFL linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers. A um, little bit of a down year last year for Joey. I thought got caught a lot with uh, the pass interference or the holding long arms. Um, you know, like he was liking the grab last year, but worked a lot this offseason with not, not doing that. Um, I think he can be one of the best in the country, honestly, um, with his speed, athleticism, um, toughness, smarts, all of that. I think he can lock down one spot. Filling in for Castro Fields, taking over that spot. It looks like it looks like it's going to be a couple different guys with Kobe King's twin, Kalen, probably being the starter, um, sophomore, uh, followed by um, they like Johnny Dixon, the former South Carolina transfer. Uh, they also like Marquise Wilson a lot, who was flipping back and forth with cornerback and wide receiver. Um, there's tons of talent in the corner cornerback room. And you factor in a guy like Daquan Hardy, who's going to be playing a ton of nickel. And um, they, they love him in the nickel. They, they say he's one of the best that are in college football at that position. And he's, he's often overlooked um, by Penn State fans and um, – you know, but he, he, he is a really, really solid nickelback. Um, and then when you go to safety, yeah, you lose Brisker, but you have Jair Brown coming back, which is huge. Um, leadership ability, game, you know, gameplay, uh, playmaking, I should say. Um, looking for a big year out of him, holding back the, the safety group there. And um, sounds like right now I'm hearing Zaki Wheatley could be starting opposite of um, Jair Brown and long arms, um, tall and lanky. Uh, I guess think of the body type of a Kyle Hamilton. <laughs> By no means am I comparing him to Kyle Hamilton, but that that type of 
body frame, long, lanky, almost like a center fielder. Go, you know, go shag down that interception. Um, and then they have a couple other guys there like Keaton Ellis, uh, Jalen Reed. So there is there's good quality depth at the safety position as well. Yeah, it'll be exciting. I certainly will miss uh, watching Jaquan Bristker play. Just an incredible, incredible defensive talent. Uh, yeah. The Lackawanna connection, uh, you know, unfortunately between Jair Brown and, and Brisker no longer there, but wish Brisker the best at the next level. And Brown's another guy who will continue to get those NFL looks. And if he has the type of year uh, that I think he expects to have, you know, he'll be playing on Sundays. And some of those corners that you talked about, you know, Porter Jr., fantastic. I know you mentioned the holding problem, but, you know, very, very, uh, very impressive, you know, the way he goes about his business, big, strong, physical. And from a standpoint of we talk about this defense, here is the question to you compared to the defenses that we've seen in past years, you know, does this defense stack up and, you know, I'll give my thought. I, I do think that it may struggle a little bit early and contributing to that in some way, shape, or form are the games that they're playing, right? I think it'll the depth at the linebacker position will be tested. Uh, that defensive line you mentioned being strong and having depth, you know, I wonder who is that go-to guy when you really need a sack? Who is that going to be? Because the talent is there, maybe not as much, a game experience and that game experience comes with PJ Mustafer, who's phenomenal Tar Burton, who is adequate and certainly serviceable at the big 10 level. You know, who is that big time defensive lineman though, that is going to get the quarterback when it's absolutely needed. Uh, but I do trust in Manny Diaz. I think the defense will be solid with uh, some time to figure it out early on. Yeah. And, you know, Tar Burton's not the kind of guy that's going to be going. I think he only had like one sack all year coming against Arkansas yep. bowl game. So face filler, pretty good against, you know, there is a great value with that, especially when you go up against these teams with the, that like to pound the rock, Auburn, Minnesota, Michigan, Ohio state, just to name a few, he's, he is valuable, but you're not counting on him to get the sacks and, uh, and that's okay. But I do have a question for you. Um, when is the last time a Penn State defensive back was picked in the first round? Hmm. I think back to some of the, the, the great defensive backs that, that they've had, and I can't think of who that would be. I mean, I think it goes – That's because past... there hasn't been one. Yeah. I mean, the good ones even from 2016 uh, were not in that you – know, and they 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 have never had a first round pick from defensive. Oh, back. never, wow. never. Um, and you think about it, there have been some twenty sixteen. I mean, Amani um, Oruwariye with the Lions, yep. absolutely killing it with Detroit. But sure is round pick. Um, you know, Allen Zemitis in the mid two thousands, not a who's now on the coaching staff, not a first round pick. And so, even some of the guys like. Uh, from a, a size and, and athleticism and right. standpoint, you know, a guy like Christian Campbell, who maybe didn't produce as well at Penn state as you may have liked, that should be a frame and size and length that, that, you know, franchises would have drooled over. So with that being said, two guys back there this year that have high hopes for early NFL picks with Porter jr. And Brown, 
I mean, do you think that one we 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 break the um the drought here and get get a Penn State any line drafted in the first round from mm. the secondary? Mm. I if it happens, I think there's a better chance it's Porter Jr. I um, agree. And I'm really hoping that happens because that means he has an unbelievable year. Because as I, as I look at it here, th- this is it for him. Like he's already a senior, he's a redshirt junior, but he's a, a big year really elevates him to the first round. And I'm hoping that's what it what it is because it, it it it's a win win for everybody. Um, you know, I think Brown could be a solid second round, even a third round pick. You would have to, you know, safety first round safeties really doesn't happen too often anymore i feel like um cornerbacks are you know they're so valuable in the nfl has become a passing league um that i would put my money on joey porter over the two i'm hoping that it happens i really am he has to produce as well produce he (laughs) he has the name recognition yep he has the physical attributes and those are two very important things. And they really are. And he is going to be tested this year as well as the whole secondary because the Big Ten is loaded at receiver this year. So, I mean, he's he's certainly going to be tested. He will. It's a great look at the defense. Hope you'll stay with us uh, on the other side as we break down the offense and Purdue here on the Nittany Lion Sports Report. Dunphy Ford is Mayfair's neighborhood Ford store. Nobody knows your neighborhood like Dunphy Ford. Nearly 40 years. Right here on Frankfurt Avenue. Generation after generation, our neighbors continue to be our customers. We have access to the cars and trucks you want with financing you need. Dunphy Ford is Northeast Philly's first choice for America's number one brand. 7700 Frankfurt Avenue in Mayfair. Online at www.dumpyford.com. Come experience the Dunphy difference. You'll be glad you did. We're back here on the Nittany Lions Sports Report. Your hosts, Bob Long and Tyler Gellhouse, back for another great year of talking Penn State and Big Ten football. Transitioning to the offense, biggest story, no doubt about it, as it is with most teams, Penn State no different. The quarterback, the sixth-year quarterback, Sean Clifford, earns the starting role. That was never really in doubt, although I know last year we talked, Tyler, I Call me crazy. I think there was a hope on your side that maybe Drew Aller might be ready for the role. Not to say that at some point this year he may not. That was for the Clifford sixth year. Oh, okay. Because you started bringing up that, you know, he can come back for his sixth year, and I'm like, oh, crap, you're right. (laughs) And here we are. (laughs) You mean, oh, goody. Oh, goody. Right, exactly. Thank you. Yeah, positive. That's right. (laughs) But Clifford coming back, and I, I don't think this is a novel opinion, but I think it's a great thing for Penn State. Uh, two games in the first three weeks in hostile territory, and a guy who knows the offense better than anybody comes back to lead them in those hostile environments. I think it's really important. One thing I'll say, though, we mentioned it at the jump. Drew Aller today named number two quarterback. Second string, Christian Veyu, third string. And so what what does that mean? Well, it means that Drew Aller, for one, has uh, performed better in camp than one random Saturday in April. And, of course, that's Saturday being the, the blue-white game where it looked a little shaky and folks had questions. 
He's a phenomenally talented kid, and he's earned uh, that second-string quarterback role. The question would be, if at any point Sean Clifford gets hurt, Tyler, Drew Aller, he can come in and, and win that job at that point, right? Um, depending yeah. upon where Penn State is in the season, depending upon how well he does, of course, there's a recognition that it's Sean Clifford's sixth and final year. There is no next year, and um, Penn State fans wouldn't want this to happen, but if there's a situation where there are three or four lost team, Clifford is banged up, does Aller get those starts down the road? Let's not even really talk about that, though, because Penn State rolls out there with Sean Clifford, and I think a realistic chance uh, to win both of those road games. It'll be tough, but a realistic chance to win both of those games on the road against, not, uh, well, one Purdue, a conference opponent, but earlier than normal, and then the non-league against Auburn. Uh, I, I am confident. Well, let me take that back. I am more confident with a Sean Clifford six-year senior starting the games, you know, one and three on the road, as we mentioned, Purdue and and Auburn, than I would be with a true freshman, albeit with all the talent in the world, all the potential in the world with Drew, Drew Aller. Um, you know, you mentioned it, experience. Clifford's been around. Um, it's also the – I think it's his first time going back-to-back seasons with the same offensive coordinator, Mike Yurcich. Um, you know, I hope that pays, that pays off here. Um, you know, having some sort of continuity there and, um, you know, I haven't always been the biggest Sean Clifford fan. What I can tell you is he is a great leader. He's extremely tough. Um, you know, he wants to win. He's ultra, he's an ultra competitor. Um, and, and last year before the Iowa game, he had it going on. He did. And even in the Iowa game, he was not playing well, and Penn State was up, I think, like 14 points. Uh, before yeah, 17 he, to 3. Still one of the worst interceptions I've yeah, ever seen right. on and that opening drive. But, you know, he, he threw two interceptions in the, the first half when he was healthy, the one being absolutely brutal to start the game, uh, the first offensive possession there. And, I mean, let's not forget, I mean, that was – Penn State was ranked 3, 4, Iowa was four, three was whatever one, one of the I mean, others. Iowa two, Penn State four. Was it okay? I know that they were both top five, top four. Um, and yeah, I mean, so we saw. I mean, as Penn State fans, we have seen the good, the bad, the ugly with Sean Clifford the last four years. Um, you know, nobody wants to go out on a higher note than Sean does. Um, and and I just hope that you know. If he can do what he's capable of and, and protecting the ball and making the smart play, I mean, he has a ton of weapons around him, which we're going to dive into here, I'm sure, because we, you know, <laughs> it, they are there at, at each position. He's got multiple guys that can make plays and and that that should really help him out. Um, and again, it's going to come down, in my opinion, as it often does. You mentioned it, the quarterback also the offensive line at times last year, they were both terrible. And, and that's why you had the result on the field, a lot of the games. So, uh, but I'm interested to see how he comes out in his sixth year, fourth year as a starter. And um, because he does have a lot of talent there. And I, I think that he can do quite well with this offense. 
I actually think I'm thinking as you were speaking there, it may have actually been Penn State two and Iowa four. But nonetheless, like you said, <laughs> yeah. two top five teams, a heck of a matchup. Uh, I don't even know that it lived up to the billing. It was entertaining in that it was close. Um, yeah, but it was, that it was a great game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But all that to say, Sean Clifford, not only was he lighting it up at that point in the season, uh, that Auburn game will live an infamy unbelievable 28 for 32 four touchdowns the other thing we have not mentioned is how completely inept the running game was last year and how much sean had to literally and figuratively put on his shoulders and the hope is that this year with some new young personnel in the backfield that that will take some of that burden off sean clifford and all of a sudden Play action means something, and Sean doesn't have to scramble as much. Maybe gets a little bit better protection because the defense isn't just pinning their ears back, knowing that they can get to the quarterback and still stop the run. Uh, But that's a major question for this offense this year. Mike Yersich now has two of his guys in Katron Allen and Nick Singleton, and we're told that both of them are ready to play in some capacity. Nick Singleton yeah, certainly expected to get the most carries by, of the two freshmen. Okay, it's Mike Yersich's guys. It's his second year within the system. He was this hot shot offensive coordinator by way of Ohio State two years ago as the quarterback's coach, you know, a, a, a an Oklahoma State offensive coordinator. Okay. Texas. Now too. is the time. And Texas. That's right. It was Oklahoma State, Ohio State, and then Texas. Uh before before the firing of the head coach down there and he was looking for a job so now's the time is it it put up or shut up in year two for mike yersich uh coordinators have been let go for less right in kirk shiraka so let's see right i mean can they run the football that's a huge question for me you talked about the offensive line being a part of that can you run the football? Results-oriented business here. You got to be able to do it, and especially early in the game. Come out, get your lineman blocking, running downhill, hitting people instead of dropping back and pass coverage. Get that tenacity going. It's something that they've lacked for years on the offensive line, and whether it's personnel, you know, scheme, I don't, I don't know. But you have a ultra talented running back room again as you always have really had at Penn State. This year, bringing in those two freshmen, it's better than it was last year. It's probably better than it was the year before. And, you know, there's so much a, a good running good running backs can make, you know, an, an offensive line look a little bit better. But if the offensive line improves, I mean, some of these running backs should be able to really, really get out there, and you know, and get to that second level of, of the defense. And, and that's what, that's what Penn State has lacked the last, especially last year, the big run, you know, especially the running back position, like a home run threat. Now you have it with Nick Singleton. You know, it's something that they've lacked. Kevion Lee, nice running back, good player, all that, doesn't have that breakaway speed, that they, and they've lacked it. Noah Kane didn't have it. Um, and and now, now you're getting some fresh legs in there, um, and – all reports are that they're both going to play. They're both going to play a lot, and they could end up having the two most snaps at the position. They could out snap these 
the older guys with with Ford and Lee when it's all said and done at the end of the year. So no matter who it is, they they definitely need um, a couple of these guys to step up in the running back room. And then finally, the skill positions, uh, specifically on the outside, wide receiver, tight end. Um, Penn State lost a first-round draft pick in Jahan Dotson. You do not replace Jahan Dotson. It's just you don't do it. But if you were, Parker Washington in his third year, it is a good place to start. Yeah, I think you're going to have, you know, I think what you're saying is there's not one person that's going to be able to replace that production. And uh, you're absolutely right. Um, Parker Washington should have a huge year, especially in the slot for Penn State. Um, they got a nice transfer from Western Kentucky, Mitch Tinsley. Um, yep. I think he's going to have a really nice year. And then, excuse me, on the outside, on the other side, you're going to have DeAndre Lambert-Smith. Year three now with Penn State. Had the case of the drops a little bit last year. Hoping to see an improvement from him. Uh, Harrison Wallace uh, from Alabama, not a transfer, but from the state of Alabama, um, has really been making some plays, it sounds like, in camp. Um, so those those four I would expect to be the top four, uh, followed by like Malik Mega, um, big physical wide receiver in year three with the program. And I, I think it, in that group, in that room, you have some talent and you just – you got to make up, like I said, it's going to be all three of those guys or four of those guys coming together to fill the void that Jahan Dotson left. Because as you mentioned, you can't, you can't replace somebody like Jahan Dotson, especially when he did these last couple of years at Penn State. Mitchell Tinsley, very interesting case study as well. You hear Sean Clifford through camp, the rumblings is that they have a very, very good connection and partnership. And, I think that's huge. The The question, you're going to see more and more transfers, of course. Right. But, um, but standpoint of coming from that lower level of football to this high level of football, does it translate? And we'll just have to see. You know, I, I think of yeah. the transfers that they've gotten from that level, the hope is that he will transfer more so than Again, I'm going to throw a couple names here, but, you know, like the Western cars of the world, um, you know, guys like that that have come from a, a lower level of football. And now I know this isn't Division Three, Right. Winston Eubanks, my guy from LaSalle, same <laughs> idea, right? Uh, this is not Division, Division two. football. This is Division II. Um, no, nonetheless, I that's one question I have is I want to see it on Thursday night. Uh, we know he has the speed to do it, you know, match that with some physicality and ability to, to route run. Uh, the hope is that he contributes right away. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of optimism there because I don't know what his stat line was when he played Michigan state for Western Kentucky, but he had over a hundred yards receiving maybe a score um, against Michigan state. So I think with the, with the limited sample size against, you know, really good competition it was really good and um he had an impressive career at western kentucky and i'm pretty confident i'm not saying he's going to be a 1000 yard receiver or anything like that but i'm at least confident enough that he's going to be a solid number two option for clifford at that position behind parker washington yeah uh just real quick hits here on 
special teams, Jake Pinniger returns as the full-time field goal starting place kicker uh, with um, with Jordan Stout, you know, off the, the bigger and better things. Barney Amore, a sixth-year walk-on who was just given a scholarship by way of Eli Manning. And how yeah, random this. was that? <laughs> I, I don't understand, man. I don't either. I, I don't know what the connection is, was. Um, that was random. That was about as random as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty freaking wild. Um, but that's, you know, listen, that's all good stuff. Uh, Amore actually beat out a pretty, you know, pretty high-level recruit freshman. He'll get his time later, but uh, yeah. interesting there. Yep. You know, uh, I'll say this, the less you're punting, the better. So we'll see how much we're talking about yeah, Barney but, Moore in the early weeks. Big juice to fill because Stout was a phenomenal punter. And that is in very special teams are a very important part of the game. I mean, they, you know, they've lost some games in the past because of special teams. So hopefully they can win us some games this year. Yeah. So Purdue, quick hits oh, on Purdue. Hold on. You forgot tight end. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Yeah, we were talking receiver, I just receiver. Want to talk about tight end real quick because I Do think it. the room has a bundle of talent. I think last year they underachieved dramatically. I'm interested to see how they come out this year. Brenton Strange, Tyler Warren, Theo Johnson, any three of them could be the starter. You know, I think Brenton Strange will get the first snaps, but um, they're they're all good. They all bring something different to the table. They need that group to be a lot better this year than it was last year. Blocking and receiving, uh, you know, because we talked about the void left by Dotson. These guys are, you know, receivers as well, but they have to be just as big in the run game um, as they are receiving because that run game last year, as we talked about, was god-awful. So uh, a lot of eyes will be on that tight end group. They like Tyler Warren a lot for his, his athleticism, his versatility. We saw some of those unique Wildcat packages first installed against Auburn, actually, very successfully. Wasn't as successful as uh, consistently as the year went on, but they really like him, and the hope is that he continue to do he can continue to do many different things. Theo Johnson, a phenomenal specimen pass catcher. Brenton Strange, he can do a lot, you know, out of the backfield, can make catches, but a great run blocker. You know, that you're right. They all bring a little something different to the table. Yep. And that's a great room. It's a really good room. It, it, it is, but they have to produce because last year they did not. Yeah. It's expectations. So the expectations are high. Purdue. All right. Here, here's my favorite part of the Purdue game. And, and I think that we talked about it last year. This is going to come from – my, my area of, of expertise, if you will, on the broadcast side. So this game is on Fox, right? Thursday night game, Fox, first day of you know college football aside from, from week zero. The reason that this game is on Fox, hang with me here, is because Joe Buck moved from Fox to ESPN, and he's now the voice of Monday Night Football. Now, Joe Buck's contract was not up. He negotiated a new contract with ESPN and Fox had to let him out of his contract. And so as a consequence, one part of the collateral in that conversation, in that negotiation, was that Fox was able to take the number one 
game of their choice of Big Ten football. And so if you think about it, Fox and ESPN both have Big Ten football rights. You'll see Gus Johnson doing some games. You'll do you'll see games with Kirk Herbstreet and Chris Fowler. The reason is because both of those networks have uh, contracts with the Big Ten, and it's a shared contract, and they go down the list. Fox, ESPN, Fox, ESPN, they're picking the games that they most want to do. And so Fox, normally two in the rotation, they took number one and number two in the rotation from ESPN because ESPN took Joe Buck and Fox let him out of his contract. So the reason that this game is Thursday night on Fox is because Joe Buck left Fox for ESPN. How's that for you? Learn something new every day. Thanks a lot, Joe Buck. <laughs> I, but I'm, I'm pumped. In a way, I kind of like it because I love watching all the games on the first Saturday, and this kind of, you know, hopefully we're we're enjoying it after after a win, Labor Day Saturday, um, Labor Day weekend Saturday, with, after a Penn State win to open a season. Um, but you know, all 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 lies will be on Penn State on Thursday night, and um, you know, hope hopefully they put out a good showing, get get the win, and um, you know, kind of kind of put some critics away for a little bit, if you will. What do you think? Yeah, what are well, you looking for on Thursday? For um, it's it's a battle of two six string six string six year quarterbacks: Aiden O'Connell, Purdue; Sean Clifford, Penn State. Um, both teams lost, you know, receivers. Jahan Dotson, Purdue lost David Bell. Um, some guy named last name Wright isn't eligible to play. Um, Purdue likes to sling the ball around the yard. We talked about it earlier. Penn State's strength, D line. Secondary, you would think it would you would you would think and hope that it, that's a good matchup. Purdue was worse in running the ball last year than Penn State was. Hard to believe. Purdue's going to throw the ball a ton. Um, you know, I even if they run it, I don't think they're going to have much success. I think Penn State's D line is going to be. I think they're going to. I don't want to say dominate, but they're going to have their way with the Purdue offensive line. That's. That's a matchup that I think heavily favors Penn State. I think that's important. I don't know when you flip it, you know, how the Penn State O-line will look against the Purdue D-line, but um, I, I'm pretty confident in the Penn State defense. They're going to give up points. They're going to give up big plays. Um, it, it's going to come down to the offense and whether or not they can score enough um, points to win the game, and that's where I'm looking for guys to, to really show up like a Nick Singleton. Is, is he going to be a national name? Is he going to be the talk of the town come Friday morning of college football? There's a good chance. I think that they're going to target him in the passing game and in the running game a ton. Um, I am, you know, I talked about this earlier, Sean Clifford, a six-year guy, I, I am more confident with him going into this than I would be with a true freshman, say, Drew Aller. So um, I think I think both teams have a lot to prove. Purdue's coming off of a very good season at 9-4. and four. Uh, but they did lose. That's a, that's a tough place to play at night as well. Yeah, and you you have seen it there. They've they've beaten last year. They beat Iowa on the road at Iowa. They've beaten Ohio State at Ross Aid. Um, they they're they're a good team. Now they don't have David Bell and and George Carroll Leiftis or you know who I'm talking about the defensive end. His little brothers on the team, but I don't hear his name. Is he's 
you know, I don't think he's quite as good as his brother was, but it's certainly there's, it's a huge test. I mean, week one on the road at night, big 10 game. Um, and, and there's no preseason, obviously you roll the ball out. and Here we go. Yeah. It's a crapshoot. I could I, I see the game going either way. I, I think Penn state has a good chance to pull it off, but it could also be one of those here we go again moments, right? The 11 and 11 over the last two years, it's a team that you think should go win a football game, but then the offense is flat. Uh, I don't know. Uh, big opportunity for, like I said, Mike Yersich. Uh, put up or shut up year for him. Sean Clifford, one last rodeo. I'll say Sean Clifford starting is the difference for Penn State that they handle a little bit of that pressure in a way that only a seasoned veteran can. Uh, I don't think the moment is too big for him. But I want to see not how healthy he is, right? The expectation is that he is fully back. But it's his first big-time college football game since he was at the peak of his athletic performance last year in, in late September, early October. Can he return to that? Or will it be what we saw in the first couple of years of him starting yeah. as yeah. quarterback? And I don't know. Who is the real Sean Clifford? Is it right. three weeks in September? Or is it what we saw for the two years prior, granted, while he was much younger in his maturation period? I, I think not to make it too bland, and, and this is not a hot take, but the quarterback is going to be the most important thing, along with his relationship with Mike Yersuch and his integration into that system. That's it for me. That's, and, and I think you hit it right on the head there. Um, I think, well, I, I know Penn state is the more talented team. I, I believe that they have better depth, um, especially at, at positions where depth really matters in football. Um, you know, if you, if you look, if you're going just based off of recruiting rankings, and how they've ended, just say, the last four years. I don't know the exact numbers, but Penn State is towards the top of the Big Ten, behind Ohio State, right there with Michigan. Purdue is closer to the bottom. Talking recruiting and 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 the average star and all that. Um, but but that doesn't that doesn't always matter as as we've seen. <laughs> yes, it has a lot to do with the game, but there's so much more to it. That yes, in the back of in our back of our minds, it's like. Is it going to be the here we go again? Like, you know, we're in a dog fight. You know, Purdue gets a, a third and 15 to get in the field goal range to win again. You just, especially being in week one, you just don't know. And it's, it's, I, I want to think that, that the Penn State team that I've read about and, and being hungry and sick of being mediocre, they have all this talent, a lot of young talent. I hope that's the team that comes out because if it is, they should win and win comfortably. But if it's not, it's going to be a dogfight to the very end. I could see it being a dogfight, even if Penn State plays well. I think, like you said, Purdue, not as high on the recruiting side of things. However, there is talent on those teams. NFL-type players, now a lot of them are gone right now, but uh, they they coach them up well. They are a thorn in the side of big-time Big Ten teams a lot of times yeah. at home and a lot of times at night so it'll be fun uh week one of the season football is back before we go want to see if there's anything you think we missed or anything we needed to talk about 
or if you want to prognosticate any further beyond no. that, you tell me. Uh, I think we're good. Um, you know, hopefully we're recapping next week of of opening season victory. Um, uh, move on to Ohio. Um, can't wait to break down some of the things we saw from the game, what we loved, what we what we didn't love, uh, etc. Um, uh oh, is uh is is Taylor Tattleman and Bo Blankenship coming back into Beaver Stadium? Do they still have eligibility or? Oh God! From twenty, what was that? Twenty twelve. Yeah, oh, first geez. time they've first time they've played Ohio since yeah. the first game back post, you know, post sanctions. Right. I hope not. And those names, wow! That I don't know how you remembered that, but I <laughs> I'll leave you with a little prediction here. I think Penn State will win. I think it'll be thirty to twenty one is my prediction, and I think you're just oh, going to be a little bit closer if you have Penn State winning, but I. I get the sense you think it's going to be a little closer. Yeah, yeah, you know, I hadn't really thought of a score. But if you are putting me up to it, I will say that this is a 21-17 rock fight. Okay. With Penn State coming out on top? With Penn State coming out on top. And I think they go into Auburn. I think both of them will be ranked in the top 15 by the time they get to Auburn. Wow. And that will be a big-time game. Yeah, that'll be fun. Just a couple short weeks away. Yep, indeed. Great to have you back, my friend. All right. Uh, by the way, by the way, to, to the world, congratulations oh. um, on on the newest addition to the Gelhouse family. Thank you. Um, she is four months old today, actually. Um, I'm sorry, yesterday, but close enough. Four months old. She's gearing up right now. She's sleeping. Um, part of the reason I'm doing the Zoom call and uh, and after hours here, but um, she's gearing up for her first Big Ten, uh, first Penn State season, and um, she'll she'll know what it's like to watch Penn State football with her father here in uh, a few short days. <laughs> <laughs> Put the earmuffs on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. We do have them upstairs from the um, from Fourth of July with all the fireworks. So. I will certainly put them on if I need to. <laughs> Tyler Gellhouse, thanks again for your time. Uh, this is the Nittany Lions Sports Report, and we're, we're back, hopefully better than ever, folks. So enjoy the football, and we will talk to you next week.